You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 42 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, your host, Bob Chichinsky, with my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24 Dog, how you doing this week, my man? Well, you know, Bob, it's, uh, you know, update patch week, so, of course, you know, all my stuff's going to break, so this week hasn't been the greatest. <laughs> You know, when me and Doug started playing more on PC and almost pretty much maining it, not going to lie, I thought maybe, just maybe, Doug's update days wouldn't be extremely horrible. But this turned out to be pretty much the worst ever since I've known Doug. <laughs> In fact, yes. we didn't even get to play together for like... <laughs> it, it delayed this episode is how By bad this dog's playing. <laughs> like, we wanted to get to play the first day and get our hands, you know, dirty with all the DLC. And Dog just was like, um, files corrupted. Everything is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My update failed. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to repair my files, right? Like, that seems reasonable. I'll just do that real quick. That took the entire day. All right. So next morning, all right, I wake up and I start the repair and go to work come back home that didn't work again it's like great so it wasn't like you know bad connection or anything it was just that it didn't work so i then figured like oh well sometimes eso bugs out i actually noticed that when i try to delete eso and it's like no thing is running like oh okay i'll just restart my laptop easy enough right and it did work you know i was able to Update the patch. I got it. Logged into ESO. And load screen. Like just, I never ended a load screen, all right? Like, oh, okay. I'll try again. And I tried again. And I tried it again. Then I, you know, restarted my laptop about four times. Then tried it again. And it's just, nope. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to delete it all start fresh and i did that and somehow i didn't actually delete it i think it's because it was either through uh i don't know either there's a folder somewhere that i didn't delete and but i then i tried it again deleted that folder and you know yesterday uh what is it? wednesday or yeah wednesday around 6 p.m central i finally got it to work and I was able to play it. <laughs> and it was quite the time, honestly. In fact, yeah, like, you guys know Patch Notes episodes are some of our favorite to get out for you guys. It, we know that there have been pretty much some of our most popular episodes. And there's good reason for that. Patch Notes are a good thing to listen to. But we love getting them out clearly as soon as we can for you guys. And in lieu of just... Let's read the notes and get them out there. I wanted to make sure that Dog got to play too. Like, we, you, there's so much going on in these updates. You can't just read the notes and be like, you know, we had to get a little bit of playtime in there with Dog. 
So we just gamed it up last night, and Dog even hit 300. We got to do uh, some vet dungeons and stuff. Dog got to see the whole collection set and everything. So, yeah, it was exciting, and clearly we have a lot to talk about this week. You guys know Passionless episodes are big and thick, and this one is no exception. We have dogged has prepared a redonkulous amount of pages of notes, and we're going to go through them all diligently. And honestly, I'm excited. This update is outside of, well, okay. Let me, let me just finish. This update has been absolutely amazing, in my opinion, as far as the content coming out is considered. Now, Right out the bat, let's just put it out there. Yes. There are plenty of bugs going on right now. But first off, this is an Elder Scrolls game. Bugs happen. Second off, this is a year where pandemic is happening. They have all been working from home since March. All of Zoss and Zenimax working on ESO. Third of all, you know... Yeah, bugs suck, but for the most part, they fix them. So, you know, there are a lot of people just like, man, this is so broken. But for me, I've been able to do tons of stuff and have super fun in the last few days since the update. And I've encountered a few broken things and, you know, just avoid them for now would be my advice. I went to the... uh void mother boss or whatever that's broken that everyone's farming it's like you know like yeah i can't have an easy solution for you guys just don't farm that boss like skip that daily i know it's tough or whatever you know like but you you know i don't know maybe i would hope to god it's not part of the story or anything but um yeah just that you know it'll get fixed there was a boss in northern elsewhere on xbox when it came out two weeks after uh elsewhere came out on pc that there still were bosses broken so you know yeah i mean they'll fix it there was that somerset boss that was stuck the uh keel slater i think the uh snake one and that was broke for like five or six months it was well, it was broke for like three months, you know. Then the update came that it was fixed for like three days and then it broke again. <laughs> Same like broken animation and everything. But there was like the second instance of Somerset and they did work on that for like during that little time. And then somehow it broke on that instance too. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, things break, new content, etc. But. So, yeah, this is kind of our disclaimer that, yes, there are many bugs. No, we are not going to talk about a lot of them. We will talk about a couple, and we will talk about some that may not be the most documented. But that is not going to be their focus. We're going to focus on all the awesome new content and the awesome new everything that they have brought for us and go over all the notes that have come out. And uh, we will start... Or we will have a little bit of, you know, our own personal experiences in there as well. But with that, we want to bring you guys into some of that good old Cyrodiil talk as always. And this week, not only do we have the scores for you from every server, but we are also bringing you all the updates of PvP 
from the patch notes all in one concise little segment. Way to go, dog. Good idea there, brother. You know, it's a great idea from a great dog. <laughs> yes, classic, classic dog line there. So as far as updates, I think you guys may have heard the excitement in our voice a little bit ago when we said Battlegrounds are freaking back, man. Group cues, like, oh my god, I cannot be more excited for this. Um the first thing I wanted to do with Dog when he got on was go and do some more Battlegrounds, but since he took two and a half days, <laughs> we had to just do some some other stuff, but Battlegrounds are next on the list. I cannot wait to get back in there and do Battlegrounds with my homies. It's just not the same alone to me, in my opinion. However, if it is the same to you, in your opinion, and you're pissed off because you just want to solo, don't worry. Because the solo queues are still there. You could do a solo queue. You can even go solo queue into the group queue if you want to. But you don't have to because there is a specific solo queue for non-group players, which is awesome. And I think that's how it should be. Keep in mind, this is still, quote-unquote, a test of different Battleground functionalities and queue systems that they're trying out. And we will probably know the results of them at some point. Or maybe we won't. Who knows? I don't know. But there are... No more specific game types, because that just kind of broke up the entire pool too much. You know, you could choose the ball games, you could choose the deathmatch, or you could choose the flags, I don't know, whatever. I'm yeah, and uh, names. Especially when you're in, like in the under 50, and you can tell like when people choose a deathmatch, because they're like, they're the players that are going like, 30 and 0 and like you're just dying and it's just like dude you need to calm down all right i just want my experience and give me a break man <laughs> yeah exactly and to build upon that like getting out of having all the specific game types just forces all the people into one queue makes battlegrounds go a little bit smoother because a lot of people still choose Cyrodiil for PvP. Like, not everyone's always going Battlegrounds. So, overall, I think it's a good way to keep the queues quick, you know, not have people in everlasting Battlegrounds queues. Now, as far as um, matchmaking, you know, and finding groups like that, dog, what other improvements do we have come to that? Um, they didn't really mention stuff. They just made. They just said that they had made some improvements to it, so that it should work smoother. And yeah, I, like 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 you said, I haven't really been in there because, well, you know, I took two and a half days trying to get the patch. So now, kind of like my you know thoughts on it is, hopefully, with the removal of specific game types there is still more of a likelihood that you, they are getting a flag or a ball game instead of deathmatch. Approximately 66% or 80% chance because, you know, there is only one deathmatch. There's two flag type games and there's a chaos ball and a capture the relic or two ball games. 
but I, you know, I'm okay with, you know, deathmatch being a third. So it's like, you know, third percent chance or a third being deathmatch or flag game or ball game. Yeah. I think any balance could probably be better than the balance ad before, to be honest, because sometimes you just get stuck with like all of one certain type of game running in the same group over and over. Yeah, and it still gives a chance for those people who want to go for those battleground achievements uh, a chance because, you know, it should be about, you know, at least 20 or 33% chance of being a specific type of game, depending on what it is. So, yeah, and those achievements are really important to a lot of people. So, outside of battlegrounds being awesome again, we got plenty of other changes here in the PvP world. One of them is pretty big. It's these Alliance War Skill Boosters. Now, these are interesting, and they're not really all they're cracked up to be, in my opinion, but I'm going to let Dog go ahead and tell you guys about these. So, Dog, Alliance War Skill Boosters, what are we exactly boosting here? All right, so you might be wondering, what is this, you know, Alliance War Skill Boosters? Well, it's a food item called the War Torts. At least that's how I pronounce it. But uh, it increases the rate of advancing the Alliance War Skill line by 50%, 100%, or 150%. You can use a food or drink and experience buffs with it. So kind of like, you know, you have your food or drink. That's like your one thing. You can have like some time... You can have some type of like experience buff. And now this is like a third thing that you can add on to that. And it's just the uh, Alliance War experience buff, I guess. But the important thing to know is that it does not give more AP, help you become Emperor, or get on the leaderboards. I believe we're talking about, you know, the Colovian War Tort recipe. Um, you can find this in the wilds of Cyrodiil from, with, from a green glowing book. I don't, I don't know what that means, but, you know, you can find it in Cyrodiil. Pretty cool. You'll need the Cyrodiil Searches, which is an ingredient needed for this recipe. You can get the Cyrodiil Citrus by completing the Town Dailies from uh, Cyrodiil. So, yeah, pretty easy to get if you wanted to farm for it. So, or if you're just going to be doing, uh, you know, your Mayhem or, you know, just cereal dailies for whatever reason and then yeah so the clovian war tort that's the 50 percent thing all right so pretty simple to get pretty easy pretty good now the second one is the molten war tort this is your 100 percent scroll and this needs a clovian war tort recipe and the chef arquitius's tort disserts dissertation for 500k Telvar. Now you might be asking me, like, is that right? That can't be re real. Like, like that's just too high, right? And well, unfortunately, yes, it's 500k Telvar. Dog literally asked that. Yeah, I did. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Like, you know, like back when you know thought we were going to be recording on like Tuesday or Wednesday even. And I could actually get in the game. It's like, you know, like, I need you to check this. And Bob's like, well, we can just wait. I'm like, all right, I'll check it then. And it's, yes, it's right. It's 500k Telvar. But wait, 
there's more. To make it, you need the Colobian Wartort food. So, pretty much like the little thing that you get from, from the old recipe, from the 50% scroll. So that means you need two Colobian Wartort recipes for this so far. And you need a Ruby Blossom, which is a measly 100k Telvar. Like, pocket change at that point, right? You know, you drop a 500k Telvar on a recipe, and then now you're buying 100k for the ingredient for that recipe. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember how much the polymorphs are in Telvar off the top of your head? Not that much. <laughs> especially right, since you like can, not that much yeah especially since you could buy out like the little smaller boxes and yeah i think you could spend like 250k on them and you'd get like all of them you know if you had like half decent rng if you had like really really poor rng then yeah that's unfortunate <laughs> all right so the last one all right the white gold war tort you need the molten war tort recipe and Chef Arquitius's Lost Thesis. Probably because this system doesn't make sense to me, and he just threw out this recipe. No. But we'll get, we'll get into that later. And then you get this by completing Battlegrounds. If you win, you have a high chance of... You get this from completing Battlegrounds, and if you win, you have a higher chance of getting it. And I have a feeling that this will be art shields for us collectors out there that want our main characters to have every recipe in the game. And, you know, just kind of strive towards it. And, yeah. Now, what's nicer about this recipe is that to make it, well, I mean, you need a Molten War Tort food and a Morning Dew. And that's, the, that's a good thing, right? The Morning Dew. Because you get it rarely from Resource Notes and Cyrodiil. And if you, as long as you're in a CP one, you can just like occasionally grab like, you know, platinum or whatever you see, whatever you want to grab on your way. And yeah, hopefully, you know, you get it. Otherwise, it's like that would be depressing. But I think the the other important thing to know is that it does cost a molten war tort food. You also need a molten war tort recipe. That means that you need, you're dropping 1 million Telvar on the Molten War Tort recipe so you can morph it into this. And if you actually want to use it, that's what you need it for. So, yeah, that's a lot of Telvar. <laughs> so, safe to say, these are not going to be the most widespread use kind of thing you see, probably. Yes, I'm going to assume that you could like if you have 100k gold, you can buy a chromium plating, or or maybe one piece of white gold war turret food. I mean, half you know a quarter of a gold jewelry piece, or uh, like a two and a half hour if you have your uh, provisioning stuff. Actually, I don't know how long it lasts, but either way, like. It, it's it's it, this is going to be really overpriced, and it's because the Telvar, the Telvars, what causes this, what causes this to be overpriced. Now, there's a kind of a problem that I find with it is before the alliance skill lines were based around PvP rank. In order for them to do that, is that they would have had to change the entirety of the PvP skill line. 
to like make it so that the numbers do not bounce off of AP anymore. They have like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, you have like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think of it kind of as like how crafting has like an intuition kind of thing. Like, there's clearly when they want to implement a different kind of system, they can. Maybe instead of making a whole new way for that, they'll just make a whole new way to level the skill or like some different thing that will add to the skill as well, but only the skill. Yes. And, you know, kind of going off of that, like I had a little math problem, but like before you got rapids around 90 K AP, which you would typically stick around for about hundred K nice, even number. And you get tier three rewards rank 10 for the skill line was PVP rank 13, which is Sergeant, which a little bit over 1 million AP. So assuming like, let's say you use the Molten Ward Tort, right? That means you still have to get 500k AP for rank 10, and then you get 500k extra, what, fake AP, fake AP or fake like experience towards that skill line to make it rank 10. And that just sounds more complicated to me than making it. I feel like they could have just like make it so like all the skills you got easier. Like, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. The thing for me is that the skill lines are both one through 10. Like, what's the point? They're not that drastic to level up. No one's going for those last skills that much, except maybe um, Magic Debt, you know, Magic of Detonation. Yeah, but you're uh, going to be using that on a, you know, typically a bomber class, so you'd be... Which will get you a lot of AP. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know. That's not the biggest deal. And, like, when you've seen it, like, they're like, oh, yeah, this is going to increase how much this. It's like, Wait, it's going to increase my AP, so I get this? No. It's going to increase my AP, so I rank faster? No. It's going to increase my AP, so I get Emperor better? No. It's just going to do the skill lines. I just don't feel anyone is that, like, invested in getting Assault to 10. Like, I need to spend 500,000 Telvar. I mean, maybe... This is just a Telvar dump, honestly, because some people are like, what do I do with all this Telvar? But I don't know. It, it just seems weird to me, honestly, and kind of superfluous. But hey, I'm all about trying new things. And if it helps me get rapids faster, then whatever. Yeah, like of the three, the 50% one is pretty easy to get like i think that that's kind of what people will be using if they want to get stuff faster and get out of serial faster or you know yeah just serial if you want to get out of serial faster you'd be using a 50 percent one because the 100k one or the 100 percent one costs 500 500k tell bar and i think you know the average player doesn't have that but uh yeah i think I definitely think that this kind of needs to branch like I do like how it doesn't affect the emperor or scoreboards because other than otherwise you can just have like one yeah. of those up at all times if you want to push for emperor or anything and 
I do like that. But that would I get do- super unfair just not to interrupt, but like you know, if one person has a 150%, you know, that's like more harder to get and everything, like they could just dominate. So that was kind of like my worry when I first seen it, like, whoa, that should not be what this is, but it isn't. So, yeah. 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 And I'm even all for if you're like not giving AP or actually, no, bonus AP is fine. I would read that. Yeah, like I'm, I'm all for that, you know, not affecting the scoreboards, but I do think that it should apply towards your rank, like to your towards your PvP rank, so you get to up to five star faster. Because, I mean, like there we have few people just dying on, you know, a wall and boosting up for that five star, or you know, millions and millions and millions of AP where. This will give incentive for people to actually go out and PvP more instead of just like, hey, yo, can I kill like your entire guild for a, you know, a fat defense tick? Yeah, it's like, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And the last little bit of like, you know, news for uh, that, you know, after we just went on a little, or my little side tangent there, but, uh, we got a new PvP emote. This is a uh, this is what you get from the Imperial City dailies, and this is 1K Telvar. It is called the Siege of Cyrodiil Commendation. The Commendation is the important part because they're all called Siege of Cyrodiil something in there. But you want it's the Commendation, and this will give you the Rage of the Reach emote. Very nice, dog. And those are going to be. All of our PvP updates of this update here, 28 with Markarth. Some definitely new things coming to Cyrodiil, so definitely some things to try and check out. You never know how much these things could help you, especially if your sad rapids got switched to that extra slot back. So, with that, of course, we want to go right into the PvP scores of the week. For PCNA slash Stadia, we've got Daggerfall Covenant proudly leading at 48.2k. And we're just about halfway through here in the uh, monthly campaign. We got AD in second place, 46.6k. And the Ebonheart Pact way back in last, 44.6k. Then on the EU side of things, we have the Ebonheart Pact leading, so totally opposite, 57.3k, a substantial lead over AD, 46.8k, and way back, almost 10,000 back, 20 back of the 20,000 back of the leaders, Daggerfall Covenant. Come on, guys, 37.1k. They gotta step it up. We gotta get back up there. Ebonheart Pact is running away with. PC slash Stadia EU, but Daggerfall Covenant's leading in A, which is nice. So, anyways, dogged. Why don't you tell the good people about what's going on on the Xbox side of things? All right, so Xbox NA, our campaign just reset a couple of days ago, and DC won the last month for it for Xbox NA. For this month and first, we have DC with thirteen ninety AD. In second with 1100 and EP in last with 1050. And then for the Xbox EU side of things, 
AD won last month. And then this month, EP is leading in first with 1280. AD's in second with 1150. And then DC's in last with 910. So that's, you know, DC leading two campaigns. And EP is leading two campaigns. And AD is good at being in the middle. They're good at getting second place through all the campaigns so far. Very, very nice, my friend. And as far as the PlayStation side of things, we have our good friend Lotus of Doom bringing us the NA side of things, where he is very proud to announce that Ebonheart Pact, although they are last this week, they won the rest of the campaign in the last month which just reset today as we bring scores to you guys. So, very new campaign. We've got All Married Dominion leading at 673, Daggerfall Covenant at 656 in second, and Eminor Pact at 615 in last. So, you are looking at a very, very close race there, as usual. However, it is just very new, so it's expected. And on the PS4 EU side of things, we've got Ebonheart Pact leading at 1475, All Married Dominion in second, 1229, and the Daggerfall Covenant, unfortunately, in last, 11K. And man, I gotta say, AD, they almost were in second for every single campaign this week. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can't be first, then you got to strive for second, and they're good at that. So, except for, you know, PS4 NA, like, you know. Second place is the first loser, dog. <laughs> well, I don't want to tell them that. <laughs> That's true, fair enough. We could build them up a little bit. So, Cyrodiil things all aside, hope you guys uh, heard your faction leading in one of the... Um, you know, servers at least, considering all three were leading at least one, you should have, unless you're just, you know, playing, you know, the green faction Imperials, I don't know, and you side with no one, I don't know, tangenting, did I just make tangent a verb? Anyways, I think so. <laughs> Let's get into some update 28 talk here, we have the brand new Mark Art DLC coming well, it's not coming. It's here. Markarth is here, ready for you to go walk around and explore in. It has been freaking awesome getting to be on PC for, you know, a DLC drop. Clearly getting it before console players. I mean, um, that used to be me like two months ago when Greymore came out, waiting and waiting. But I am still waiting because I'm super excited to get to mess with some of the changes that come out on Xbox as well, but we can get into that later. Right now, I want to talk to you guys about Markarth itself and some of the new stuff that is coming specifically with that new zone, which is called The Reach. So, you're going to get, of course, three new Overland sets, three new crafted sets, and yeah, that, that's it as far as sets goes. Well, outside of the arena of course but we'll talk about that very shortly here as far as the overland goes we got three sets a light medium heavy and respectively we have void caller witch knight's defiance 
and the Radiant Bastion sets. Now, in particular, I want to shout out at least one of these sets here. The Void Color set is the Light set. And I think it might be something I end up trying out personally. You've got uh, max health, max magicka, and spell damage. Your two, three, and four on the way to the five piece. When you take damage, your spell damage is increased by 24 for five seconds, stacking up to 20 times for a total of 480 spell damage. This effect can occur once every half second which that's good that you know in your mind that immediately should be triggering okay i'm gonna be able to keep this buff up very often it's every time i take damage it's every half second i get another buff that's good that's a good chance for uptime uh, and then upon reaching 20 stacks the duration is doubled but can no longer be refreshed so you're going to be building up stacks, building up stacks, building up stacks. By the time you hit halfway, you're at 240 extra spell damage. By the time you hit the end, you're at 480. But the moment it hits 480, it doubles the duration at least. So you're going to be able to have 480 for a solid 10 seconds. And then it's going to restart building up, building up, building up. So... If you're using something like Bloodthirsty, where you're getting more damage as it gets lower on your jewelry as the health of the boss gets lower, using something, a set like this as well, where your spell damage is also going to get higher and higher and higher the more damage you take the longer you fight, it could probably work pretty well hand in hand is kind of the thing that immediately came to my mind. And then... I don't know if uh, Dog to anything to talk about here, but that heavy set also I kind of want to mention because the Radiant Bastion set, you're going to get a 234 of two max health and a weapon damage. But the fifth piece, you deal 10% of all direct damage done to you back to the attacker up to 4,250 damage. So every direct damage attack they do is going to deal 10% of damage back to them. Now, it's not the most OP set ever, but if you're looking for something to kind of, you know, it's a heavy set. So if you wanted to pair something with like maybe if you're a magic, crafty elfique, bright throat, false god, something that's not so offensive, but um you know can get you through something where you need to be a little bit more tanky for solo content like arenas or something this set could be could be helpful in that manner i think personally so that's overland sets anyways what do you think dog all right well kind of expand on your void collar thing all right now hear me out all right you know i play <laughs> templars right and Pretty much everything I do is magic damage, right? And I so which means I my go to is War Maiden, which is over six hundred spell damage through my magic damage abilities. And luckily, you know, everything's magic damage for me, pretty much, except for two of my damage over times, but that's okay. So it's a very specific I, niche though, magic <laughs> damage. Okay. Let's just put that out there before you gonna die tribe, but <laughs> Are you gonna die a tribe of Templars again? All I'm saying though is like, you know, I get 600 at all the time, so I'm pretty confident in that. 
But yeah, I mean, Void Collar does sound like a pretty good set if you're if you do plan on using other stuff. I don't, not me personally, I don't use Wall of Elements, and I probably should, but I don't. So, but uh, the other one I want to put is actually the Medium Armor set because you know it's which nice defiance and it's fifth, and it gives uh three things of weapon damage for the two, three, and four. And then the fifth is it adds 369 weapon damage to poisoned. It increases your weapon damage by 369 against poisoned enemies. And, you know, it's kind of like a thing on the show. You'd be like, oh, well, you know, you know what this set does? It de it buffs snipe, right? You know, you hit them with poison inject, they're poison, snipe away. And even lethal arrow, man. Lethal Arrow has Snipe, or not Snipe. Lethal Arrow has Poison in it too, so. Man. It's like, this, it's like you know, they're, they're finding more and more ways to buff Snipe without actually touching the skill. All right, so uh, next up for like the crafting sets, uh, there's three of them. You have Red Eagle's Fury, Ethereal Extension, and Legacy of Karth. The one that I wanted to talk about, and I'm sure Bob wants to talk about too, is Red, Red Eagle's Fury. This one will add... Actually, <clears throat> this one will give you weapon and spell damage. Uh... Uh, crit chance, so weapon and spell crit, but they recently combined it, so it's just crit chance. Uh, w more weapon and spell damage. And then the fifth piece is, it adds 469 weapon and spell damage to your weapon skill abilities. But, it increases the cost of your weapon skill ability. But, it increases the cost of your weapon skill abilities by 5%. Now, you know, my little take on this is that, you know, just another way to buff Snipe in Lethal Arrow and even Focus Dang. Getting all and the all the two-handed abilities. <laughs> yeah, but all the two-handed and executioner <laughs> and all the freaking dual abilities like spin to win and freaking rapid strike. But Bob, your wall of elements and force pulse is like buffed. Does up nothing, too, right? <laughs> No. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, this, this I mean, set is yeah. definitely catered I guess, for. Uh... But you who like you don't use wall of elements in PvP. <laughs> like you just don't. And I mean, for a lot of the magic classes, clearly, as Doug was about to say, is this is not necessarily focused towards stam. Like you can use weapon abilities with your magic class, but guess what? We have five weapon abilities as magic class. Because we have five destruction staff abilities. That's it. We have one. We have destruction staff. They have dual wheel, two handed, and bow. That is still just not right. Like, hopefully, 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 hopefully next year. 
we will see an expanded version of magic offensive weapon line. We need something else. The stam classes, that's why they're dominant because they have so many options. They have way more options than magic class users. And yep. this is only going to make it go way more, more, more. And I do have something to say about the other sets, but I'll let you say what you want to say here. Um, all right. So uh, the next one is Ethereal Extension. Um, this will give you two things of armor, uh, max health, and then its fifth piece adds about 70. Its fifth piece adds 73 to 77 armor. But it increases the cost of block, sprint, dodge, and break free by 20%. Now, for being tanky, like, the whole point of being tanky isn't just having max resistances. It's about being able to block. I think that's, you know, probably the main thing. Block. You want to be able to block, break free, and roll dodge out of different stuff. And that's going to be increased by 20%. Like that kind of offsets your CP if you have your CP up in those areas. So, yeah, I definitely don't think it's. I think if it's like maybe like five percent or maybe even ten percent, it wouldn't be too bad. But because it's twenty percent, I think that's just too much and not enough for the armor given. I don't know, like, as far as I think, I mean, yeah, 20% is a lot, but I kind of was thinking of it for, like, a solo or, like, an arena instance, where I don't necessarily block that much. My main thing is just, I just move out of the AoE for the most part, but if I really needed to go, i dodge. And I try and save my dodges a lot, so I feel like if I got hit by 20%, it may not be the worst extra thing and if it's gonna give you you know we're talking like ten thousand extra armor here in a set that's something pretty much unforeseen since um for, you know, uh fortified brass when it was you know leveled up but back in its prime yeah back in its prime so i think that this is a pretty uh, interesting set, and I think that people will run this. I think that this will see some practical use, honestly. Yeah, and to kind of put in retrospective, uh, Fortified Brass 5th Piece Passive normally gives 34.60, so it's almost 3k more for this one. Yeah. I, I don't know how long this will last like this, honestly, because people are going to slap this on, and they're just going to be a slow-moving god. <laughs> like... They ain't gonna be able to sprint, block, or do much, but <laughs> and that's one yeah. thing too. Like when you increase the cost of block, it this won't be t- too big in PvP because that big increase in block, like that's a big thing for people when they kite and they do this like really stuff where they're uh, strong and have a lot of survivability. They're block casting a lot of stuff, and that's why they take a lot less damage. Um, so when you raise that that will, like Doug said, I don't know if 20% is worth that extra armor in PvP, but in PvE, where that, you know, I don't block at all. Like, I don't really have to. I don't get hit by stuff like that. Yeah, it'd be nice in the few times I do have to block if it was cheaper, but whatever. I like to focus on break-free costs, but this gets touched by that as well. But regardless, 
if you focus on um you know saving your one break for your your one dodge roll etc and just you know slowly walk out of the aoe's you need to and take the damage when you can then with this much extra armor it might be something you don't notice too much like if it's not a one shot you might be able to take it pretty well with this extra armor so this set's interesting i like when they do stuff like this and i definitely see myself at least trying this one yeah because it's a craftable set this might actually be good for like the solo arenas for like if you use the light armor of it just the light body pieces pair up with like craft yeah totally yeah, and you could uh, mix it with, like, you know, it's not hard to find a staff or jewelry or whatever you need because it's craftable, so you could mix and whatever. Yeah, and then you can just put on, like, tri-set food and use tri-set pots. And no, 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 no. You can we're, just we're put on the Ring of the Pale Order, dog, because that's <laughs> the next thing we're going to talk about here. And it's pretty much the God Mode. It's yeah, this is it. If you want to go god mode, go get the ring of the pale order. It is probably one of the most um OP things I've seen put into Elder Scrolls Online. You restore 18% of the damage you deal as health up to 2750 every time you deal damage. So like let's say instead of this weird 18 it was 20 percent. so you would have to deal you know a pretty large amount of damage to get that full health buff you know we're talking 30,000 you know 40,000 plus damage but that's just quick basic you know math but anyways um that's so that's a lot you're not gonna be able to deal that much damage every time but if you scale that back even cut that in half you know you're looking at 1250 or 12 you know 1375 or 1275 or whatever but that's still pretty significant for every time you deal damage i mean the one drawback to it is that you cannot be healed by anyone else that's the only drawback and yeah i know what you're thinking oh my god i need this and i need to go invent maelstrom and yes yes you do i'm confirming that right now i've never walked through vma so cake as i did when i slapped this thing on go check it out uh immediately i would recommend before it gets nerfed and i would also recommend if you guys are going to go try out any arenas especially with the ring of the pale order uh, the one and only legend outcast has plenty of awesome solo builds that incorporate that. And as we always say, you don't always have to go builds word for word, copy people, but you could get some good starting off places for that. And my, one of my necro builds that I use to run through some of these arena is actually a variation of his solo sork build. So you could take things and make them work in different ways and for different classes and use different pieces. But, um, you know, sometimes looking at the legends, it's definitely a good place to start. But anyways, like I said, pale order ring of pale order. So legendary. You got to have it. Get it once and you'll be able to reconstruct it constantly for only 25 transmute stones and put it on all your characters. 
Now, there was also another mythic item that came out, much, much less popular, but still exists. We have the Pearls of Elnofe, and whenever you cast a healing ability, well, your dominant resource is under 30%, which is probably going to be magic because you're a healer, you gain 5 ultimate. Now, this also, it screams PvP to me because, like I just said, you're probably a healer. But you don't have to be. You could be a stamina player. And if your uh, stam is low and you've been fighting hard and then you're just popping off of vigor, you just got enough stam on your uh, uh, you know, recovery boost and you're like, boom, you hit it. You hit that um, stam and then you're going to get ultimate. So, I mean, it's... Uh, it's a tough trade-off. I'm not gonna say it sounds like the best thing ever, but in certain situations, it could probably save your butt. I guess I'll say that. Yeah, and that's I mean, as you know, a PVE healer and probably like that kind of stuff. It's like I I rarely drop below fifty percent magicka, and when it, when it's like five ultimate, it's like man, I can just do two light attacks for it back and. Like, it'll definitely be nice for, like, Barrier, because Barrier does cost a lot, and if you are low, then you can get that Emergency Barrier off, so you can just focus on Heavy attacking for a little while. So it does have its uses, but it's, like you said, it's very situational. Alright, so, uh, next up, there's some new collectibles and outfit styles in there. There's a lot of them. Didn't really want to go, go too much into it. Uh, there's a no mo. There is a new motif. It is the X Thand Armory motif, and you get it from the dailies in Markarth. So, something you can farm right now if you're on PC and in just a few days and for consoles. So, that's cool. And then we're on to the last, or. It's one of the last parts is the new solo arena and this you can get the skin the die housing items titles and of course uh, the arena weapons and the arena sets did you want to go like deeper into the uh what the weapon said or anything you want to and that is going to bring us right to the new solo arena where, yes, we have all kinds of awesome stuff going on. As with all other arenas, they're going to be skill specific, um, you know, skill altering weapons at the end for rewards. Plus, you're going to be able to get a skin from this one for completing it on veteran. A die for getting some little achievements in there. Not too bad. Putting them all together. You just got to spend, you know, some time in there pretty much and you'll get it. There are also housing items and, of course, a bunch of awesome titles you could get. This is called the Vatron Hollows and you are going to probably spend some time in there in your ESO future. There are weapons. There are weapons that alter the skills of all the uh, original last skills on the bars. So you've got Rally B 
being affected by the two age. You've got uh, Power Bash being affected by the Sword and Shield. You have um, Assassin's Blade being affected by the dual wield. And Snipe being affected by the bow. Then you have Wrath of Elements. The stabs that, of course, weakness to elements is affected by and improved by. And then for the rest of staff, you have Force Overflow, which increases the effectiveness of the Force Siphon skill. So there are a lot of sets going on in there. There are also three specific sets to the arena that you can only get through farming in there. And they are Hex Siphon for Light, the Medium Set Pestilent Host, and the Heavy Set Explosive Rebuke. Now... Before I let Dog finish off some more new stuff and we get into the middle of our episode, I have some adventures to tell you guys. I'll try and keep it a bit short. But I dedicatedly went to go try this new arena. Got through it on normal the first night of DLC. Pretty freaking simply on normal, I would recommend. If you are 300 CP geared out and feel at all confident with her dps you should probably be able to conquer this something you could go in and farm weapons of i firmly believe you may die a bit but you know just strategize and focus on mechanics you will take it down honestly on normal you probably won't die that much but you never know and no one's here to judge but i believe that on normal it's something that even low cp members could do Keep in mind, I am still 490 and I was doing this stuff, so it is possible. And today, so yesterday, normal today, um, running the super redonkulous, like I said, version of uh, Alcast Sork solo build. I'm running Crafty Alfique and I'm running Plague Doctors and the Ring of the Pale Order. And One Piece Dummy House. And man, let me tell you. I pretty much walked through the majority of the arena all the way to the last boss. Which I also think I could have pretty much taken down pretty easily. But there is a point where you have to do a bit of a DPS test. And I, without going into too much of the details, um, there is a lot of stuff to get in your way. And it's very frustrating. And I think that I'm going to need a little bit more DPS to give myself a little bit more leeway, which probably means, you know, A, more CP, B, get my gear golded out, C, make sure all my enchants are golded out and correct, and use the right potions. But regardless... That is going to be, you know, something that I think that you guys should definitely go try out this new arena. And as far as being on veteran, yeah, I mean, it may be a little tough if you're lower on CP and not fully geared out. That last uh, fight, yeah, there's a ghost wall that closes in. You're going to need to be able to burn that ghost pretty quick. With the, And there's going to be everything... And the world getting in your way and trying to stop you from doing that. So I think that it's definitely doable for people who are a bit lower. I'd like to be a little closer to 500 CV personally. 
Uh, maybe it's just a you know thing of having all my CPU on Xbox and transferring over and being weird. But yeah. Anyways, uh, that's my kind of ramble about the new arena. Um, all the zones are really interesting and fun. I find the blue zone to have probably the two most complicated bosses. You got one where you got to burn them both at the same time, or the other one becomes enraged and just god mode. And then the other boss, you got watchers just shooting down lasers the whole time. It's freaking horrible. But yeah, overall, the new arena is freaking awesome. The weapons interest me, especially the staffs. I want to try them out, the Destro ones. And yeah, I would highly recommend that you guys go in there and check out that new arena. So, dog, I see you also got some new antiquities here to talk about. Yes, there's uh, several new antiquities, actually. There's the uh, Ancestral Reach crafting motif, which is... Actually, I don't know about that, but... There's a new hat. There's a Red Eagle K painting and Vampiric Stained Glass. Three sellable ant- antiquities. This will probably be like your green, blue, and purple that every zone has. Yeah, there's the uh, Dwarven Scarab Pet, and it's split into seven fragments. The Map of the Reach, and then the two mythic items that we just went over, which is split into five pieces. And then lastly... There are 10 new titles and two new dies for this new for this DLC. All right, and with that, that's going to bring us right to our little middle of the episode break where we want to as always take the time to remind you that we are sponsored by the one and only Loot Crate and Gamefly, where if you check our show notes, you'll see links to both, where you can get awesome discounts and help us get paid. You can get 15% off your first order at Loot Crate, like I just did earlier this month, trying to get that uh, new gaming crate with all the Elder Scrolls and Fallout awesomeness. Can't wait to see what's in there. Plus, there's just an Elder Scrolls specific theme crate that will be out later this year. You can check out. Or, if you want to try out all the awesome new games coming out in November and December, why not sign up for a month of Game Pass for only 10 bucks and get a free month on us? Two months, 10 bucks. You can try out all the new games, play them as much as you want, and then send them back. That will save you, hmm, let's see, if you play four new games in two months, uh, yeah, that's hundreds of dollars. So, anyways, the offers are there for you guys to check out, and they always kick stuff back to us as well. And, you know, we buy pizza. I'm just kidding. Other cool stuff. But anyways, these opportunities are all a part of us being part of the one and only Robots Radio Podcast Network, which, by the freaking way... How was awesome was that Halloween special? Like, freaking Captain Logan and I come over here and just outclass us on our own show. I'm just kidding. But that dude is an audio wizard, and I hope you guys enjoyed having him stop by. And I can't stop listening to the intro over and over and be like, oh my gosh, this guy just nailed it. So awesome. And we are so thankful to be a part of the network and uh, get to have opportunities like that. So, 
go check out all the other shows, especially Keel Hauled, um, from the one and only Captain Logan, who was on our show last week and hosted it like a G. So yeah, yeah sure. and, go ahead. Yep, and did a better uh, evil doctor <laughs> scientist impression than I did. <laughs> The laugh was definitely there, but the heart, man, you had it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so go check out all of that at robotsradio.net. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. All right, so... We're back. Are you surprised? Did you think the episode might be over? You know, it's already been probably over an hour. Well, no. First off, it's not over. We are here dedicatedly to bring you all of these awesome patch notes. And second off, how could you guys get tired of listening to us? Come on. I'm just kidding. Dog smells. You know, it happens. Anyways. So... Uh, So we do have plenty more to talk to you guys about. As you guys know, these are our most loaded episodes at pretty much ever. And this is the last freaking patch house episode of the year. This is it. Our fourth one. Crazy to believe that the year went by so fast, but here we are. So we are really just going to sink our teeth into uh, this update here. With all the fun new Mark Arth and Update 28 stuff, we've told you guys a lot already that is affecting uh, PvP and um, the Mark Arth specific stuff, the new tri- or arena. So a lot of stuff already, but we have plenty more to talk about, and we will try and keep it as concise as possible. But hang in there with us, people. This is, is going to be a long one for good reason, because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. So. Last time that we talked about the item set collection, I made the mistake of letting Dog talk about it. So this time, I am going to go on about it for a much longer point here and then just let Dog ramble about some other stuff. But um, all joking aside, the item set collection sticker book is here. If you go click the collections tab which you always used to do and bring up all your awesome stuff you've got through the crown store you'll be surprised to see that there is also a tab called sets which has every single set inside the game outside of craftable sets you could tell what area they're from what dungeon arena trial or anything they're from plus you can tell how much of that set you've ever collected. And if you so need a piece from that set, have you collected in the past, you're able to go to a transmute station and reconstruct it for a small price of only transmute stones and the materials you choose to craft it with. Such as if you choose to craft an item in gold quality, you will have to have the gold 
quality mats to craft it as such. Now, this is pretty much the most amazing improvement to Elder Scrolls that I have seen outside of one Tamriel. This is amazing. This is absolutely game changing. And if and you know, if nothing has ever drove you to go back into the game and get more of, you know, something from the base game, like if nothing has ever inspired you to do that, I'm almost 100% sure this will. This is like, you know, it's pretty awesome. And for some people who only use maybe a couple specific sets, a <laughs> dog. Um, it may not be the craziest thing ever because they're like, oh, I just farm those two sets. But even people as such can have a high respect for it because they are constantly saving um, all these other sets to use possibly in their inventory, which now they can safely get rid of because let's be real. How many times you've been running through a dungeon and you get, you know, and maybe it's the new dungeon. You get a piece of that new drum. You're like, I don't know. This could be good someday. You're like, well, it's in training, but I'll probably save it anyways. Yeah. We all know never that. <laughs> What's up? I said, uh, never actually, you know, especially if it's a, you know, a weapon sex. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I don't play stamina classes, so I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And like uh, and that leads to what I was about to say. It's like if you're ever actually going to use that item you just saved, you're going to end up transmuting it, which we now live in a world where, say, I wanted Bone Pirate's shoes like I did the other day and I got them in training like I did the other day and I wanted to possibly have it in a better trait. Well, I could pay 50 transmute stones to transmute the trait of said feet or shoes to whatever trait I wanted, which would probably be infused or divines. However, when you have enough pieces of the set collected, it could cost you less to reconstruct a piece with its uh, specific trait you want and in the specific quality you want, then just using transmutes to uh, change the trait. Because it costs 50 no matter what to change the trait, but collections start at 75 to reconstruct and work their way down. And I have plenty already that are in the 40s and would cost less to reconstruct a piece than transmute it. So that's kind of the you know, world we're headed towards and uh, it's it's crazy to see, honestly. So let me get off my little soapbox here for a bit and let dog talk to you guys and tell you what he thinks about this awesome new change. All right. Well, you know, for ESOPC, I have eight characters. All right. And they're all going to be Breton Templars and they're all going to use the same sets. So now I don't have to go farm eight different Ring of the Wild Hunts. So I'm pretty happy about that. I also don't have to get eight different sets of Crafty Alfique and eight different sets of False God. Also happy about that. So definitely great stuff. But um, there's some outside bonuses that maybe not everyone really thinks about and I think is probably one of the best things about this thing, about this uh, item set collection, is 
it it has the inclusion of all players in any kind of content now. And you might be thinking, like, well, what does that mean? Can't anyone do, you know, on Tamriel happened like three years ago. What is this guy talking about? But no, like before, like, let's say, you know, you were on your low character, right? And you had great RNG on your Lobby character for a Sanctuary Lightning Staff. And you finally get it. And you're like, yes, I got it. And then you look at it and like, oh, it's level 40. I can't actually use this. So it's garbage. Now, that's not the case. And that's awesome. Now, let's say, you know, you're in said dungeon. You're farming for Sanctuary. And, you know, now... You see this person out there get it, and he's level 12, and he got the Sanctuary Lightning Staff that you want. And, well, now you can you can save that Lightning Staff if he gives it to you, and, yeah, everything is great. And it's even better for, you know, new players who might not have 160 CP or are in that, like, weird, like, upper 40s range. And now they can do trials or pretty much any kind of content because even if you're farming for gear, it'll help you. Like there's it just there's no there's nothing wrong with you know you can have you can do something with a level ten or a CP eight ten and the gear is good either way. You just have to use it in the sticker book and reconstruct it later on. You just finished kind of right here, right? Going into the crystals. Yeah. Oh, I was going to add one more part. Oh, go ahead. And then, you know, lastly, it adds, you know, gotta catch them all thing to this. And, you know, I'm going to catch all the uh, indirects. You know, cause that's how and you I'm going to catch all the sets. <laughs> yeah, I was going to catch all the sets. <laughs> I almost feel sorry for him because, like, man, there's a lot of perfected sets out there. <laughs> Those will be last. <laughs> Bob's crazy. He'll do it. Actually, he probably won't do it. But I don't believe, but maybe. You know, I listened to... Uh, this is totally off topic. But uh, one of the first podcasts I ever started listening to uh, is about this... As, it's about Spider-Man and the comics that come out constantly and the two dudes that run it. They both are proudly open it every week with, I am, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I own every issue of the Spider-Man comics. And I would absolutely love to be able to, like, I own every piece of every set in Elder Girls. <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever happen, but that would be a pretty freaking awesome thing to be able to say when I open the podcast or do anything. <laughs> Well, yeah. except, you know, like things in real life, like go to the grocery store, like, hello. <laughs> yes, it may be that price. But what if I tell you that I own every set piece and all this goes like, yeah, still going to be forty six eighty five, sir. OK. They they don't care. <laughs> they don't care, man. They're just, you know. Just trying to barter here, <laughs> but anyway. Now, if you were to say, you know, I own all the uh, 
Indirix, not Indirix, but Indirix. Uh, it's immediate ten percent off, at least. At least. Well, I won't need to be taking ten percent off any of my transmutation things because I'm gonna have enough transmute crystals to last for a life, dog. Once I get up to a thousand here, because that's the new cap when you have a subscription to ESO Plus. Outside of that, you can get up to 500. As we've said before, these are five, five dogged five times the original limit. As dog tried to once tell me they're 10 times, but no, no, no. Calm down. They're five times. And. The PVE ones are the ones that got reworked, so you guys may be seeing some new stuff. Now, they increase the number of transmutes for most of the PVE sources, including the Indaunted Pledges, the LFG Rewards, and the Trial Weekly and Trial Arena Leaderboard stuff that goes on there. Now, Dog, do you have a little bit of specifics on the stuff they raise these up? Yeah, as for like the Indaunted pledges go, if you do the vet hard mode for like the uh, base two, because to be honest, you're not probably gonna go into whatever the DLC pledge and do hard mode. Just pug it. It's a bit ridiculous. It's almost if it's like Imperial City Prison or Weichel Tower, but you get five chance meets for that. And it's a pretty good amount, you know. Now you can get ten from the uh, base game dungeons. Pretty good. And then if you do your random if you do your daily random dungeon, you can get ten transmutes off of that. And then the extras don't give transmutes. And then I was wanting to go into battlegrounds, but I never was able to do that. But I'm assuming it'll probably be about the same. You'll probably get like ten transmutes off of that. But I'll definitely you know check next week. Yeah, so I mean I'm pretty impressed with the increases. I mean, just thinking about it, if you do your random on all your characters, which potentially you could have like up to 18 characters, that's 180 transmutes a day. Like, geez. Yeah, that's a, a lot. Of course, I only have four characters on PC and I think two are viable to do that so not so much for me but you know the possibilities are endless yes but the important thing to remember is you know you have to get your characters up to level 10 and exactly. it's, it's pretty easy to get a character up to level 10 especially with the 50% scroll you know you miss the opportunity of double A or not double AP you miss the opportunity of you know double experience but don't worry, it's coming up again in like a month and a half. So not even yeah. a month and a half, just a little bit over a month. Exactly. So make sure you guys go grind out your transmute crystals. You can hold a lot more now. Don't be scared. And as far as more and more and more updates, we've got crafting updates. And you have probably already noticed this. If you've been doing Ritz the last couple of days. Yeah, that little, uh, I mean, okay. 
So you got Lazy Rift Crafter. It just does it for you. I get it. But I know you've seen it. The freaking quest and all the things you need is up there in your window. Tells you what you need to craft. It shows you little markers on the air stuff. It's freaking awesome. Like, I absolutely love it. They worked hard to make sure it's in there. And it's a huge help to any console player that doesn't have add-ons. I'll say that much for sure. Or any PC player who doesn't have the add-ons. I mean, just download it. But yeah, I feel you. Now, on top of that, they were like, yeah, we can make crafting better, but what else can we make better? So they looked at the bank, and they're like, man, banking in our game is kind of jank. And they're like, man, that rhymes. And they're like, yeah, you know, this guy should probably write poetry. And then he went on to win the Nobel Award. I'm just kidding. I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyways... They looked at banking and they're like, man, this would be pretty freaking sick if we had a search bar. So they put one in to the game. You literally go into your bank and look for any specific item to withdraw it. Now, if you wanted to go deposit all of a specific set, say Crafty Alfie or False God, one of the few I run, you will be very disappointed to see that you cannot just go collect an entire set and straight deposit it into the bank like that. doesn't really, unfortunately, work that way. There's no search bar for now over the deposit. I don't know if that's something they're intending on putting in. That's kind of how I expected it to be. But, hey, I've already used the search for the withdrawal. Multiple times, just type in, you know, the start of your set or whatever, and it will bring up, literally, here's the pieces you have. And, man, as a console player who has clicked right trigger like 8 billion times to get through and left trigger my bank, like, quickly, oh, this is a welcome sight, to say the least. Yeah, it'll definitely be nice to, uh, I have, like, a bunch of uh, training sets. I have one at like 20, 30, 40, and then my CP. And it'll be nice to just pop, plop those on my uh, characters as I put, take them on and off and drop them in the bank so I can do use them on another character and all that. Although, you know, the little unfortunate thing right now is that there is a bug, but hopefully it'll get fixed, like within the next in- incremental match, whenever that is. But hopefully soon. You know, got hope. One can only hope. Yeah. Uh, next up is a character pathing. They added a, a line to train, and this is something that I kind of noticed that needed to be happening because I was messing around with my house guests in my house, in my I'm a ship house and. I noticed that you know, I uh, I wanted my uh, I wanted my house guests to go from like, you know, the main ship where you drop in, up to these up these planks, up to my death ship, turn around and sprint back. But there's a little section where she decided that she would like she was just so scared and she just wanted to sprint across the air instead of growing onto the ground. And walking on, on like, you know, the plank. She just wanted to sprint across the air and not 
it, it was weird. But yeah, now that they have this and I'll, I don't know, I might try it again. I might not. I don't know. But there's something that I tried and I messed around with it and it was fun. Then I noticed that I was like, you know what? It makes sense, right? You walk into a death ship, you see all this death stuff and you're just looking around and you're writing notes and stuff. And you're like, wait a second, where am I? And of course you're going to run. You might not make sense, but you're going to run. <laughs> and then uh, we also have like our little addition to the Pat's nose right here. Uh, there's two things that are pretty huge and that we were surprised that was not in the patch notes. But, uh, and the first one is the leave instance button in group section. This can work when you're in a group or if you're not in a group in like the solo arena. If you want to leave the instance, you can leave the instance. And I'm assuming it probably resets the, in the instance, but not 100% sure. But, yeah, and I think the best thing about this is that you can either press B or O for controller players to leave the dungeon immediately, or and you press X for keyboard and mouse, and then you leave the dungeon immediately if you just leave the group. And that's cool. Or you go in the group section, you find it, and there's that there too. And that's something that I was surprised that wasn't in the uh, patch notes at all, anywhere, because that's also, you know, one of the minor quality of life things. Then there's also a quality of life thing with the antiquities. There is a timer for leads now, which is pretty nice on knowing like when leads might expire. And there's an all active leads section, which makes it easier to find those leads that are almost about to, about to expire. And it's like, oh, I should probably do this. This is, has one day left. I should do it now. But one of the bugs that they fixed with the antiquities is that they uh they fixed a UI error that would occur in the antiquities codex while in gamepad mode or your which is just controllers and it would it affects on consoles. And it's uh yeah, I've encountered all three of those bugs because there's a few of them. And or wait, there's three of them. Never mind. Uh, Alright, I'm just gonna redo that, I guess. Alright, so for bug fixes on antiquities, there's the first one where they fix an issue with the scrying UI would remain present when accepting a ready check while scrying. The second one is that they fix an issue where some options were present in the scribal menu when not applicable in the gamepad mode. And the last one is, is they fix an UI error that could occur in the antiquities codex while in gamepad mode. And I have encountered all three of those bugs, seeing that I play on controller on PC. And I'm definitely glad that the UI error, where you cannot get the notification of a new lead to go away, is finally fixed for my own personal sanity. I used to have to log out and log back in, because having that little notification, just saying that it's there and I have to go through it, was driving me insane. Alright, another bug fix is with jewelry crafting. They fixed an issue where you could craft any ring to satisfy the jewelry crafting certification quest rather than the stated pewter ring. Now my question is, how did this become a bug that someone was notified for? And who was like, you know what, this guy wants me to craft him a pewter ring, I'll give you a copper ring instead. And I still get it. Like, 
it's one of those things that I I don't think we'll ever understand the how that came to be, but somehow, some way, they found it, and I don't know. I think that bug just makes me more confused than anything else. All right, for uh, combat, there's a little bit of updates, and one of the things is Battle Spirit. Uh, they reduced the healing penalty to 55%, down from 60%, to make up some reductions of healing done and healing taken being taken out of the game. And this will be nicer for no CP PvP, especially Battlegrounds, now that you know more people will be doing that because of the group stuff. So that's good. And, oh, here. And the last one I kind of wanted to talk about is is that item sets and passes that generate ultimate now require you to be in combat to activate to help reduce their ability to continuously enter a fight at full ultimate. And I don't know about you, Bob, but when I'm in a keep, and I'm, I'm always in combat. Like, there's just no escaping combat. If you're in a keep, you're in combat. You don't know what you're fighting, but you're fighting something. Especially when you want to slot something crucial like repairs, new siege to defend or attack a keep, potions, food, anything. Maybe you want to swap out like a ring or something or swap off a skill. You can't do that because you're in combat. You're always in combat. It's a thing. All right. And for, you know, a big bulky part of this is buffs and debuffs because. Yeah, th th there's a lot of stuff. So all major buffs and minor buffs and debuffs have been hard coded to go through server validation sooner and more effectively as case values rather than abilities that exist on your character. This new system will also properly ensure that no two same buffs or debuffs can ever stack of ineffectiveness rather than needing to be individually spot checked on each application. It will also prioritize uh, duration-based sources rather than permanent ones, so you do not need to fear of losing their effects. While doing so, we have also properly resigned the power of these effects into our set bonus efficiency standard. And then minor effects are now worth two set bonuses, and major effects are worth four. And these new values can be found below. And there's a lot, a lot of them, so it's a lot of changes. And well, the first one is Minor Expedition, and it's been increased to 15% up from 10%. And this is, uh, for, uh, I think the, this is one of the cases where there was, like, different, like, images for it to be on your bar. And that's because there was the Rapids one, where if you have the Charging Maneuver, and you had the Clap Heels Minor Expedition, like, they were different. And I think the Dark Brotherhood passive, whenever you killed an innocent person, uh, it also had a different icon. So that was three different icons for Minor Expedition. It was pretty weird. They uh, combined Breach and Fracture to get together, getting rid of Fracture as a debuff. Gina has yeeted it into the dungeon along with Minor and Major Ward. Minor Breach has been increased pretty much by double. It's uh, now 2974, and Major Breach is 5948. Minor and major resolve is increased to to the same numbers. They reduce healing taken by a lot. Minor defile is now eight percent, and major defile is now sixteen percent, down from fifteen and thirty. Healing done. There's now just major mending, I believe, and it's been decreased to sixteen percent, down from twenty five. Same thing with uh, 
major vitality, which is healing received. Uh, your increased damage done. Your minor berserk is now decreased to 5%, and major berserk is decreased to 10%, down from 8 and 25. And this is a huge nerf, especially for the necromancers and their colossuses, because, well, we'll get, we will get into that later when we actually talk about the necromancer changes. And it's the same thing for minor and major protection, 5% and 10%. And minor main and major main, which is reduced damage done, which is also 5% and 10%. And damage taken, which is minor vulnerability and major vulnerability, which is 5% and 10%. Major Aegis and Slayer has been decreased to 10% from 15%. They increased the weapon and spell damage of minor and major courage, which is 215 and 430. So it's, again, not double, but it's close to that. They added uh, minor and major brittle, which increases the target's crit damage taken by 10 and 20%. Major brittle is not sourced yet, but minor brittle you can get from the frost staff. And then you have major cowardice, which is reduces the uh, target's weapon and spell damage by 430. And the last one is Empower. This buff now applies to all light, medium, and heavy attacks for its duration and is no longer consumed on use. And I think that's pretty big for Empower because it used to be just like one thing and it was kind of useless. But there's also several other buff changes that you can see in the uh, patch notes. Yeah, they really, they hit like... A lot of them, as Dog was saying in the start, they went through pretty much all the buffs and debuffs and really kind of relooked at them and uh, touched them up a little bit. So there's a lot to go through um, in the sake of keeping you guys for hopefully two and a half hours instead of four. Uh, we're not going to go through everything here, but uh, update 28 patch notes. Go check them out. You will be able to find everything you need to know in there. Are we hit the most important ones for sure, but plenty more to go look up and uh, you know, things you could tweak your build with to make sure it's perfect. Now, we're getting to some of the class changes here, which uh, dog conveniently left me the first one to go over here. Necromancer is getting a little bit of update, not too much. Blast bones, some more improvements to the cooldown duration of this ability. Trying to make it a little bit more fluid. Um, it specifically says they did this to reduce the chances of it becoming locked out despite the skeleton dying, which I have had had. What that sentence sucks, which I have had happen multiple times. So that will be nice. Plus, the Frozen Colossus is getting some changes. They removed this ultimate and the morph's major vulnerability. Dog, wait, what? <laughs> Alright. So they removed the ultimate's major vulnerability in vulnerability. So before, you know, when major vulnerability used to do 25% extra damage, uh, that there, there was like a like 12 or 15 second, like, time where like they cannot get that debuff on them again so that you couldn't like let's say you have 12 necromancers in the pvp zerg 
Like they can't just drop 12 necromancers back to back to back to back to back. And you be just major vulnerability on you the entire time. And you're taking 25% more damage from all times for like the next 30 seconds. That, that'd be too OP. They realized that. And that's what it was for. But because they nerfed major vulnerability significantly, they, it, there's no really a reason for that to be a thing anymore. Nice. So it got a little bit nerfed in that sense, but a little bit increased in that sense as well. Plus, they increased the duration of the major vulnerability buff to 12 seconds up from 8. This will increase the total duration to 15 seconds per cast. And it makes a lot of sense since the major vulnerability buff got a huge nerf that Doug was just talking about. And it will be nice when you have multiple necros in the same group who both use this ulti when a tank hits their warhorn, which is always the goal, right? Yeah, so stack up all the damage and yeah. Yeah. So that is not too many changes for the Necromancer, but those are the important ones. And with that, there is not much to talk about in the Nightblade, so we're going to skip right over that and go to Dog's favorite class, the Templar. All right, so uh, first up, you have Adric Spear, Spear Shards. The fiction issue where the synergy from this ability could remove other synergies after being consumed. But it's okay. Sometimes people don't synergize anyways, which really sucks when you use Nova. And now that I'm thinking about it, you know, it's like, wait, I also use shards. So what if my shards got rid of the Nova synergy? And it's depressing. I was getting rid of my own synergy, possibly. Man, that sucks. But please press the synergy button. <laughs> I I love you. That's forever. that's interesting, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that is unexpected. Serial uh, too. Like one of the bugs was that uh, you could like multiple people could synergize the uh, uh, charge Atronox, which like man, do you imagine? Oh, that's the dream like, right there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> having twenty people run at you with that, with that synergy just. 25% extra damage. Someone drops a Colossus with that too. You're taking 50% extra damage of unnecessary damage. That's insane. All right. Uh, and then the last one is uh, Stun Shield. This is the Blazing Shield morph. They fixed an issue where this ability's explosion visuals will multiply in intensity with a number of enemies hit, causing your screen to experience. experience Level 7 Earthquakes, and your eyes be blinded with the brilliance of Meridia. The explosions will now always appear... <clears throat> the explosions will now always appear as well, regardless if you dealt damage. And all I'm going to say is, Templars are gods that shake the fear into their enemies. Literally, at that point. And I think this is as attended, and I don't see a problem with it. You know, level 7 Earthquake or not, like... Templars are gods. Let them be gods. <laughs> that sounds like a classic dog ideology, not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Really, I'm the one behind that bug. What is it with Templars, man? It's like bugs, <laughs> improvements, buffs, no matter what. Like the Templars, they 
they don't seem to get hurt very often. <laughs> it's because, well, no, we hurt ourselves with our own uh, synergies. So there you go. Stars and our own purify, getting rid of our Novas. It's 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 a thing. All right. <laughs> It's a thing. Dog will just giggle away any, you know, thing that comes impedes his path of godliness. Of course, it's it's only the dog thing you do. <laughs> now, getting out of dog's realm of expertise, we do have one of the awesome, awesome, awesome improvements here of update twenty eight. Very little blurb, so I hope you guys get to hear about this. I'm going to drag it out even. So if you you guys can't even skip this if you wanted to. This is going to be like five minutes of talking. You'll have to skip. Just kidding. Maybe it'll only be one minute. Maybe it'll be three. Who knows? Now you'll never know. You better not skip. But anyways, there's one important thing to say about the Warden, and that is that for every one subterranean assault you cast, you will now get one free. I'm not kidding. It is a freaking absolute truth. Cast a subterranean assault on your stand, Dan, or I, on just the skill, period. Magden, whatever. It's one of the most important skills. It's your freaking shocks. It's amazing. I have no idea what else to tell you about this. Go make a stand, Warden, and go subterranean everything. It's amazing, and you will love it. End of story. Yeah, and I was actually the one who pointed that out to Bob. So, pretty cool. I think the uh, the other thing is that it longer applies fracture. It actually doesn't do anything. Uh, deep fissure is the morph that affects all armor. And this morph just casts again. But yeah, you know, I just wanted to point it out there that, you know, I was the one who told Bob. And Bob's like, wow, this is amazing. And like, yes. No. It is amazing. <laughs> and I pointed it out. So, Yes, well, you also did not be able to play the first entire day of the DLC and just went over patch notes. So. <laughs> that, to to each their true. own. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that about wraps it up for class uh, changes, right, though, Don? Yes, that does. And we don't have too much left to talk about here, but... One huge change that is coming in this, whether you know it or not, or will experience or not, is the Frost Staff is pretty much going to change entirely. Why don't you tell them about that, dog? Yeah, well, Frost Staffs, they've uh, they received adjustments to help them further, you know, as a tank and support uh, oriented weapon. And yeah, so there's a lot. So get ready. All right, so they apply chilled while active holding a frost staff, and it now applies minor brittle, which we went over before. <clears throat> and the main thing is, like, you have to have your frost staff, uh, you have to be holding your frost staff to apply the chilled status. And I think that's one of the important stuff to note from this. Uh, from a uh, Destruction Expert, this passive now grants 900 and 1800 magicka whenever you absorb damage with a Frost Staff Damage Shield. So, that's actually a decent amount of magicka too, almost 2k. Whenever you block with your Frost Staff, if you need magicka back, it's there. And I'm pretty sure this staff, uh, the shield only comes back every 10 seconds. And 
is a 10 second cooldown, so pretty good. They made it so that uh, destructive touch and destructive clunchers of the morph, uh, they now taunt the enemies for 15 seconds with the ice staff, so that's good. Uh, they got rid of the heavy attack taunt, I'm pretty sure, because so that like you can still use ice on like an ice character, I guess. Impulse, uh, for impulse, each uh, elemental type now does a different thing. Uh, Flame Impulse now deals bonus damage at scales based on missing health of the target if the target hit was burning, so ha they have to be burning. Frost Impulse now applies minor protection to you and up to six members for six seconds. Shock Impulse now deals 5% more damage for enemy hit up to 30%. And that one's the... Uh, the spammable, right? Yeah, Impulse is the last skill of the bar, the AoE little spammable you could hit. All right, there you, go. you have Tri-Focus. Uh, FS no longer taunts the enemy with the uh, heavy attack or the Frost Staff. It, this, they increase the strength of the damage shield from the heavy attack with the Frost Staff to 25%, up from 8%. That's three times worth, and that's kind of amazing. So... One way to get a damage shield and get some magic back. And then Wall of Elements. This is actually a pretty cool one. Is that the Frost version now applies a damage shield to you and five nearby group members that absorbs projectiles. I don't think you have to be group members, though. I really don't. Because I'm pretty sure I've gotten it in when I was fighting a world boss. But I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure I've seen the thing on it. But either way, the, uh, like animation of it it's like this gigantic little frost wall that rotates around you it's pretty cool and then the wall of frost and its morph field now costs 4000 magicka at base rather than 3700 and then elemental blockade uh the morph will now grant an additional smaller shield to you and group numbers in the area when it ends so pretty good now, earlier we mentioned how they combine major fracture and major breach and you might be wondering like all right well what about what about pierce armor what does that morph now do because the whole got it is that it gave you the major breach the extra spell resistance or no the whole point of having it was having the lowered spell resistance on the uh on your boss but now pierce armor also grants minor breach which so now you give major and minor both the resistances and i think that's pretty amazing because beforehand it was pretty hard to get both minor fracture and minor breach onto your enemy to be like fully buffed out and now it's a lot easier and it gives you a lot more reason to use pierce armor still yeah i mean all interesting changes honestly a lot of different stuff that's uh coming in here but we do have a few more we wanted to document before we're out of here there are one change with the werewolf coming her scenes rage the morph this morph now increases your damage taken by eight to five percent depending on the rank so it gets lower as you rank it up down from 23 to 20%. So that's huge. 
And as a werewolf, that's big for you. If you could take less damage and stay in that form longer, that's huge. So keep that in mind for your werewolf builds. We also have a change to one of the Dark Brotherhood passives, the Padmaic Spirit. And instead of pretty much it only popping off when you kill a citizen, it will now work on non-civilian type enemies as well when you're using the Blade of Woe. But it won't proc it all off civilians at this point. With uh, If you're not using the Blade of Woe, it's literally only Blade of Woe. So in addition to these changes... Passive will now have significantly less performance implications than before. So, should be working smooth. You should be able to go assassinate all of those people who need assassinated. Oh, I will. And as far as champion points, we have probably the first time they decided to touch anything with those in quite a while. They decided to reduce the weapon and spell critical chance granted from perfect strike and spell precision to 3% each, down from 9%, which is a huge slap in the face, me and dog, but, you know, we take it. Yeah, it is it is what it is, but, you know, you'll get through it, right? As always, yes, we'll get through it. Now, before we get out of here entirely, there are a few set changes that dog insists we go over for you guys. He wants to make sure you get the best information. So, uh, yeah, all yours, dog. What about these sets? I mean, I could I could throw something if you need. All right. So we have the first one. It's Oblivion's Foe. You might be wondering, like, isn't Oblivion's Foe again? Yes, again. It's a crafted set. Uh, you know, Oblivion's Realm has been full of late with the poor souls affected by the set. So they reworked it again. Now, whenever you deal damage with soul magic using the five-piece bonus, you mark the target soul dealing 12,820 magic damage over 10 seconds. This will not refresh itself on targets that is already active on and will wait until the duration to end before reapplying, which is a pretty decent damage over time if you're if you're already using that skill anyways. And then it's uh, two, three, four, and five is a, uh, or it's other five, fifth piece passive, but it adds weapon and spell damage, gives you offensive penetration, gives you some crit chance, and then more weapon and spell damage. So, kind of has like two little five piece bonus here. So, one for like the actual skill and one for like just everything. I think that's a much better purpose than what it was because. Oblivion's foe, man. That that said, it wasn't really good before. It's a little bit better, so who knows? For Helios Habit, the uh, the set now increases healing done by five percent instead of minor mending, because they did get rid of minor mending. It's no longer a thing. A wisdom of Venus, uh, major mending is increased to five seconds from three seconds after a fully charged uh, heavy attack, and it stacks with a restless half passive. This set is a bit more viable. It you know it only took two and a half years, but we're finally getting there. Maybe in another you know one and a half years, it'll be even better. I can only hope. Uh, the next one is False God, Vicious Ophidian, Quick Serpent. 
They increased the resource on kill from the from those sets by to twenty four fifty four up from twenty one fifty. So about three hundred more magicka or stamina, depending on what it is. Pretty good. Reliquin, they increased the damage per tick by about 50. So it's now 355 and up from 300. Kynes Wind, they increases the resource granted per tick from 420 up from 399. I think they probably were going for a little joke out there. And yeah, and this is definitely for Warden Healers because Kynes Wind is the set that it activates whenever you buff yourself or your group up and that's how you do it is with the expansive frost cloak and then the last set that i wanted to talk about was tooth of locusts and they increase the duration of major slayer from the set to 16 seconds up from 10 percent probably because it's a lot more viable that way and they also nerf major slayer a little bit so well, that is definitely some awesome set changes there, dog. Some that I will probably be feeling in my own play. But the last big little thing I wanted to add in before we hop out of here, homes can now be gifted. And that's something that has impeded me in my time trying to get my girl uh, Han Solo chick some awesome houses that have literally made me waste money on buying myself crowns and mean like, what do I do now? So that's cool. And I'm glad and houses should be able to be gifted and bought with gold. So yeah, that's cool. I think it is. Yeah. It's always nice to be able to buy off crowns off someone through like gold. If you don't want to send crowns on it. So yeah exactly trying to it allows you to be able to have an option to get it in through in game even if it is very expensive and you have to deal with another human to send it to you but you know there are ways to get official people through guilds and you know trusted people at least etc and grind gold so you know there is a process which is kind of cool i guess regardless of nothing else so Outside of that, we hope you guys enjoyed this wallop of an episode. I could barely get through it myself. We are recording as long as we can over here. Um, yeah, not the most packed patch notes. It was kind of a shorter one if you go look at it, but it is a deep one, and there's a lot going on in there. So we want to make sure you guys hear all about it from us first, hopefully. I mean, I think we're the first one to get it out. But regardless of that, Thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you guys for hanging out for the whole show. Last patch notes of 2020. We will be into another one 2021. So, dogged, if the people want to come talk to us about all the crazy changes going on, where can they do so? All right. You can find us on our Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on Facebook of The Red Diamond Career. And you can also find us on our Xbox field of Airs The Red Diamond which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you check out our show notes, you'll find links to all the stuff Dog mentioned, plus our merch store and our awesome sponsors and our music producer, Daniel Nisley, who created not only the music that we use for our podcast, but also the music I play when I stream, and he could do all kinds of awesome musical stuff for you as well. Go hit him up. Go check him out. Plus, we please, please, please ask you if it is with all 
and your ability and time to go take a second out of your day and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Whatever star review you choose to leave will be super appreciated by us. And if it's a five-star review and you leave some words on there, we'll be sure to read it out on the podcast. So thank you guys so very much for that and all the support you guys always show to us. Dogged, where can people hit you up more personally if they want to talk to you about all stuff gaming and Elder Scrolls? All right, we can find you on Xbox, Twitter, or ESOPC, all of at Dogbark24. So, yeah, I'm definitely a lot easier to find than, you know, Mr. Bob over there because, you know, it's all simple. And, yeah, so, yeah, come play with me, and we could both make fun of Bob. That's, That's right. Dogged is afraid of underscores because for me, I have Twitter, Twitch, and ESOPC all the same place. Bob underscore Trzynski. If you guys want to hit me up anywhere, um, you know, my gamer tag Xbox, Bob Trzynski, and I've been playing all kinds of fun stuff online, especially ESOPC. So come hang out. And yeah, it'll be a big, great time. We can talk all Elder Scrolls stuff, do some dungeons, whatever. So, thank you guys for hanging out with a bit of our longer episode this week. Like we said last time, we get to talk batch notes this year. It's pretty crazy. It's gone by so fast, but we hope you guys enjoyed as always. And we will be back with you next week. So, yeah. Hope you guys have a good one. Thanks for stopping in and hanging out with me, dog. And we will catch you guys on the flippity flop. Yep. See ya. Peace. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, hi. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? and Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.